We learned, I'm going to kick this, so I'm going to move it right away. Here we go. Last week, we learned about waiting on God. Uh, there were several people after service last week that said, ouch, or said, thanks, pastor, I need to hear that, or I really didn't want to hear that, but I'm glad you told me. It was several of those kinds of things, but, but we learned about waiting on God, and we talked about some of God's greatest waiters, like Noah. Noah was the king of the waiters. He waited 100 years uh, as he built the ark. We talked about Abraham and Sarah, who waited 80 years. We talked about Moses, 40 years in the desert while leading millions of disobedient people. Uh, wow. Joseph, who spent 10 to 12 years in prison before being appointed a leader. These people were people who waited on God. And we learned also that waiting and delay shapes and it brings maturity in us as believers. We, if we could see waiting as preparation for what God has next in our lives, if we could look at waiting in that way and say, you know what, God, I, I'm really not liking this waiting, but I know you've got something next for me. So if we could have that kind of mindset and attitude and also, we learned that when we're in the middle of waiting, we're waiting on God. That's who we're waiting on. We're not waiting on circumstances. We're not waiting on people. We're actually waiting on God for what's next. And in last week's passage in chapter 1 of Acts, we found 120 people who were waiting for the promise that Jesus gave. And that was that there would be a gift that would come that they needed to wait for. And they waited and they prayed 10 days. And then that promise arrived. And that promise was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I remember the day I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The day that I received the same gift that the disciples waited for what we talked about last week. And I had chosen to follow Jesus a few months before that. I had actually said, yes, Jesus is the answer for my very messed up life. And he came in and, and made me clean, made me whole, turned my life around radically, transformed me. But I was still having some daily struggles. And, and we always will have some daily struggles. But just in this area of spiritually, of, of hearing God's voice clearly, of understanding his word clearly, there were a multitude of areas I was, I was struggling in. And I was talking with a man named Jack Bruggers. And Jack Bruggers, beautiful man who, who actually discipled me as a young believer. Here I am in my early 20s, and Jack was in his early 80s. And Jack... Uh, was not supposed to be alive. Uh, he had been sent home about a dozen years before that, and the doctor said, there's no hope. We can't do anything for you. You are going to die of cancer. And God healed him. And so Jack began to minister to people and disciple people. And as Jack and I were talking, he said to me, he says, well, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I said, what is that? I honestly had never heard of it before. Uh, the church I grew up in didn't talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And even, honestly, the church I was in at the time didn't really talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, although it was an Assemblies of God church, just like us. And so Jack says, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? 
And I was like, well, what is that? And he says, it's a free gift that God gives, just like your salvation. And, and all you have to do is ask, just like you asked for forgiveness of your sins. I was like, well, I can do that. And he says, I can help you even more with this. I said, well, what, well, what do you mean, Jack? And he says, I have this little book that I wrote. And this is, this is the little book. It's this big. It's got, um, I don't know how many pages. It's a very teeny tiny book. But it's called The Baptism in the Holy Spirit. And Jack said to me, just take this little book home and read it. And, and you'll understand a little more about how the baptism in the Holy Spirit works. And then if you still want the baptism in the Holy Spirit, then pray the prayer at the end of the book. So I'm like... Well, okay, I can do that. And took it home to the little town I lived in, Pennock, Minnesota, which probably 300 people live there. I don't know. I mean, it's a super small town. But I was sitting in my living room all by myself. I read this little book that evening, and I said, God, I want this gift. I, I want everything that you have for me. And he baptized me in his Holy Spirit. I began to speak in another tongue that I did not understand right there on my couch in my living room. And so it's, it's not a difficult gift to receive. There's not a method to receive it. All you do is just ask. And he gives it to us. What I found is that it changed my life forever. And it gave me an ability to hear his voice more clearly. It gave me a boldness and a confidence to be able to talk about what he's done in my life. That was the biggest thing. I was able to talk to people and say, you won't believe what God has done in my life. And, and these were people who knew what a mess my life had been. And so they're like, oh, wow. Yeah, we see some changes. It, it gave me that ability to do that. And I, I cannot duplicate the sense, the feeling, the peace that I receive when I pray in the Holy Spirit. And I do it daily. Truly, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would not be standing here right now before you today. Because standing before groups of people and speaking is not a natural personal strength for me. The Holy Spirit gives me the strength, gives me the confidence. I had someone the other day said to me, Pastor, do you, do you still get nervous when you, when you preach? I said, every single time. I'm a wreck, you guys. This, I'm not kidding you. This is not, uh, this is not my thing, but the Holy Spirit in me and the baptism in the Holy Spirit is what gives me the confidence to do what he's called me to do. And he helps me communicate as clearly as I can communicate what it is he puts on my heart for you. Well, when I think about this, um, don't we all, don't we all want to walk in the presence and the power of God every day? Don't we really want to walk in the presence and the power of God every day to, to really sense his presence and power? And and it brings the question, you know, do you remember the day you were baptized in the Holy Spirit? Or, or maybe you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet. And, and maybe you're sitting there going, I, I wonder what this is all about, this baptism in the Holy Spirit. And understand this, the baptism in the Holy Spirit 
is not about speaking in other tongues. That's just the initial sign that it happened. That's just a, a very, very small part. We get, we, I say we, sometimes people who are, who have been in the Lord for many years, who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we, we can get focused on this sign, this talking in tongues, and that's not it, you guys. That's just, that's just a very small part. And there's this really cool study that I read. Did you know that, that scientists have discovered that when individuals are praying in their heavenly language and they're praying in another tongue, they are not actually using the speaking part, the language part of their brains. In other words, their brain is not telling them what to say. The Holy Spirit is causing the language to come out. And know that the Holy Spirit doesn't force you to do that. All he requires is for you to open your mouth. All you have to do is open your mouth and, and allow him to speak through you. So it's, it's not complicated. You don't have to make it happen. He just does it through us. We merely open our mouths. We allow our tongues to move as the Holy Spirit directs. And, and so then maybe you're saying, well, Pastor Bob, why, why do I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why do I need this? Because you know what? I'm already saved. I know Jesus. And you know what? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a salvation issue. But it's a huge benefit that God promised to us in his word as a free gift, just like salvation. I, I would like us to look in God's word and to see how it changed the disciples' lives. And so we're going to go in Acts chapter 2. If you go there with me, you can use your Bible or your, your uh, device, or you can use the Sky Bible behind me. It should be, oh, you know what? It's not going to be on the Sky Bible. I'll tell you why. It's not going to be on the Sky Bible because I'm going to read a whole bunch of verses, and I didn't want to make them try to follow me fast enough. So just trust me, it's in the Bible. <clears throat> no. Don't trust me, it's in the Bible. I encourage you to open your Bible and read it and look and understand that I'm not just making this stuff up, okay? In Acts chapter 2, it says, Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and he shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. Some of you are saying these people are drunk. It isn't true. It's much too early for that. People don't get drunk by nine in the morning. No, what you see this morning was predicted centuries ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. I will all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will See visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness. The moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
people of Israel, listen. He proclaims again. God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth by doing wonderful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know, but you followed God's prearranged plan. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to the cross and you murdered him. Whew. Trust me, that was not a crowd winner. Okay? However, God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life again, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he's right beside me. No wonder my heart is filled with joy, and my mouth shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You've shown me the way of life, and you will give me wonderful joy in your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. David wasn't referring to himself when he spoke these words I've quoted. For he had died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God promised with an oath that one of David's old descendants would sit on David's throne as the Messiah. David was looking into the future and predicting the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that the Messiah would not be left among the dead, that his body would not rot in the grave. This prophecy was speaking of Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. And we are all witnesses of this. Now he sits on the throne in highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let it be clearly known by everyone in Israel that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words convicted them deeply, and they said to him and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Back in that verse 14, which now should probably be on the Sky Bible behind you, Peter stepped forward with the other 11 apostles and he shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. There's some things we need to think about with Peter this morning, and, and I'm going to tie this together for you why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. Isn't this the same Peter who was afraid to admit he was a follower of Jesus two months before? Remember when Peter was in the courtyard with everybody and three times he denied that he knew Jesus? Peter was afraid. He was afraid if he said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm part of Jesus' posse. He was afraid if he did that, he too would be killed. So Peter was, Peter was afraid. Isn't this the same Peter who's known more for action than forethought? This is the Peter who, who in the garden pulls out his sword and cuts off the ear of one of the guys 
at his own volition. Jesus didn't say, get him, <laughs> right? Peter's the guy who, this, this part always cracks me up. He's the guy who sees Jesus on the shore. He's out in the fishing boat, and Peter puts on his clothes. If you read this passage, Peter actually puts on his clothes, not that he was naked. He was just, you know, he was in his fishing, whatever that is. Maybe it was a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. I don't know. But he put on all of his heavy cloaks, everything that he had, and then he jumps in the water and swims to shore. That Peter, that's the guy we're talking about. This is the same Peter who had been told by a rabbi that he trained under as a boy, you're not smart enough. You don't make the cut. Here's the thing. Sometimes people say they don't understand why when Jesus called the disciples, why they were so quick to say, yeah, I'll follow you. It's because those same disciples as boys trained up under rabbis to a certain point, And then when they got to a certain point, the rabbi decided whether they were good enough to serve, whether they were good enough to become a rabbi. Peter is one of those guys that the rabbi said, eh, you're not the brightest bulb on the tree. I think you should probably go back and help your dad fish. So that's what Peter did. So Peter's, Peter's not a guy that's, that's got great wisdom, great spiritual wisdom. He's just a regular guy. And yet... On this day, regular guy Peter, who doesn't have clear forethought, regular guy Peter, who, who before was afraid to say he was a follower of Jesus, regular guy Peter steps up into, I, I can only guess it was like he was on the top of a wall or he was on something where everybody could see him, these thousands of people, and he says, listen carefully, all of you. And then he makes a clear presentation of the gospel and he shares the old testament scriptures in the order they should be he tells the story with confidence and boldness this is the same guy who was afraid he was going to die if he said he was a part of jesus that's what the baptism of the holy spirit is about you guys that's what it's about the baptism of the Holy Spirit helps us to tell the story, to tell the gospel story, to tell what God has done in our life. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about. We think, we think the Holy Spirit leads us to faith, and then it's up to us from there. We think that, you know, we give our heart to Jesus, and now we just go along through life. Thanks, Jesus. I'm going to heaven. I don't make very many wise decisions, but I'm going to heaven. We, we think that's all there is to it, is, is just choosing Jesus. But we need, we need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit every day. Every day in my time of devotions with the Lord, I say, Father, fill me again. Fill me afresh. I need more of your spirit to do what you've called me to do today. 
We need the boldness, the wisdom, the confidence to share what Jesus has done in our lives with our coworkers, with our fellow students, with the people we come into contact every single day. Guys, the people that are in our lives, that is not a mistake. God put them there because he wants to use you to draw them to Jesus. And you're saying, I don't know if I know the right words. I don't know scripture. I don't. You don't have to know any of those things, really. You have to know what Jesus did in your life and then just boldly tell them about it. Confidently tell your story. There's two reasons the Holy Spirit's important today. He provides us with the constant presence of God And with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the boldness and the confidence to share our faith. You know, if we were one of the 120 in the upper room, or if we were present that day, and we saw 3,000 people come to Jesus at once, I don't think we'd have any doubts about the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't have any doubts about why we would maybe want this free gift that God wants to give us, There'd be no hesitation, but we go, look at what God just did through Peter. Peter's an idiot, right? Okay, well, I shouldn't have called Peter an idiot. Father, I forgive me for that. It just, sometimes these words, they come out of my mouth. Um, but it was because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that Peter had the ability to bring 3,000 people to follow Jesus that day. I want us to watch just a short video clip. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, and when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there, amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews, and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servant, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark 
and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In Acts chapter 2, in verses 5 and 6, it says, At that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. I love the little finger puppets running up the mountain. Did you guys like that? I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, but they arrived there and they saw they were praising God in languages that all could understand. Even though, even though those who had been baptized with the Holy Spirit didn't know the language they were speaking, those who were there understood the language they were speaking. And the Holy Spirit was speaking through willing men in ways that others could understand, even if the speakers didn't understand. As we come forward to today, Acts chapter 2 and verse 17 says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughter will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Thing is, this never stopped, you guys. Pouring out the spirit upon believers never stopped. There was nothing in God's word that says it stopped. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19, it says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We were created to hold the divine influence of God within us. We were created to hold the Holy Spirit within us, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And Father's intention is for us to embody his Holy Spirit power and presence in our everyday, ordinary lives. It's why Jesus said, wait for this gift. It was so important. And he uses those who are willing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26, it says, Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. So what does is, what is healthy operation of these gifts of the Spirit look like? See, they're meant to happen every time we come together to worship. That's just supposed to happen, you guys. That's the norm. That's what God's Word says. This isn't Pastor Bob's idea. It's what God's Word says is the norm. Well, if, like if we talk about tongues, if there's a tongue, there'll be an interpretation and it will speak to people who are in the room who are not followers of Jesus. People who have come and, and they're just like checking this thing out. 
who's this Jesus guy? And, and what happens is the Holy Spirit gives a person a tongue and they allow it to happen. Someone else gives the interpretation and the interpretation inevitably speaks to that person's life specifically or the lives of people specifically. That's what the tongues are for. If, if we think about the prophetic, the prophetic word, that speaks to people who are already followers of Jesus. And that prophetic word, it speaks to the church body in general about the church or about the community or about the region that you live in. And, and if it's a prophetic word, it's also easily applicable to what's going on. And it could be vocal, it could be written. In our former church, um, there was a young man who got saved. And I'd love to tell you that story, but here's the cool thing. <laughs> I mean, he got saved, that's cool. But, but how, he, how he came to the church, um, there were some things that happened that, that made a lot of people uncomfortable for him being there, me included. And I had to really, with everything within me, say, okay, God, how do you want me to handle this? And so I welcomed this young man into the church, and I, I said, you can be here, but here's some things you can't do. And, and he was obedient to that, and he didn't do those things. That young man got saved. Well, here's the amazing thing is, God began to use that young man in the prophetic in our body. And it wasn't unusual on a Sunday morning for him to come up during the music part of worship, and the connection card... Look, hey, we've got these. Um, with the sermon note area, he would write in that sermon note area what he felt the Holy Spirit was saying to him for the church. And then he'd come up to me and, and he'd hand it to me. And the other thing you need to know about this young man is he had a pretty strong speech impediment. And so he wasn't really comfortable speaking out loud. And you probably couldn't have understood part of what he said. But God used that young man very consistently, and the words that he would bring, they applied either to the message that day that was being spoken or applied to the church or applied to the community. This, this kid, he was listening to the Holy Spirit, and he didn't know the Lord very long. There's nothing but the baptism of the Holy Spirit that can make that happen, you guys. Um, you know, if you've decided to follow and serve Jesus, the Holy Spirit already lives in you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's simply an overflowing of that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It's just more of the Holy Spirit. You know, there are times when I've taught about the Holy Spirit that I, I use the example of, you know, a glass of water and, and watching it, you know, keep filling it till it runs over. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It just keeps filling you with more and more of the boldness and the confidence and the peace and the presence of God. Just like Peter, just like the 120 on the day of Pentecost, that's the gift we're talking about. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, in verses 16 and 17, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. You know, when we accept Jesus as our Savior, his Holy Spirit comes to live in us. 
Where is the Holy Spirit right now? Where is the Holy Spirit right now? He is everywhere in the universe. And he's made his home in you and I. Wow. Pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah, don't get too excited about that. Um, the, same, the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Lives in us. And he leads us in his power and boldness and confidence. You know, Peter, both his heart and his message were saturated with God's word. He didn't share his personal ideas he didn't, and then talk on some scriptures. That's not what happened. It was not a prepared message, you guys. Peter did not go to seminary. He did not go to Bible school. He didn't, Peter, Peter, he just got filled with the Holy Spirit and he began to speak God's word clearly and he began to speak the gospel message clearly. He didn't need any kind of training to do that. His message was the scriptures itself. You know, our maturity as followers of Jesus, is it's marked by our understanding of God's word and then the way we apply it to our daily lives. It's marked by our understanding of his word and the way that we apply it to our daily lives. In other words, we, we don't grow if we don't know the Bible. As a follower of Jesus, God's intention is that we grow. Not that we stay exactly the same as the day that we chose to follow him. His intention is that we grow in him. Grow in knowing him. Grow in knowing his word and understanding his word. Applying his word in our lives. The baptism of the Holy Spirit helps us with that. And sometimes we see miracles. Or incredible harvests of souls like in this passage that took place today. But... We see his power just as much when we pray, when we understand his word, and we receive the confidence to love the unlovely. You guys, the baptism of the Holy Spirit helps us to do things we're not good at. The baptism of the Holy Spirit helps us to turn the other cheek, helps us to forgive others, even helps us to offer a sacrifice of praise when we don't feel like it. Now, I know it's nobody in this church. It's that church down the street. But sometimes people show up and they're not actually ready to worship. Sometimes people show up and they don't even really want to worship. Right? That's what the infilling of the Holy Spirit helps us with that. Gives us the strength to do things we don't even want to do. But he doesn't force us to do anything. And that's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. He will never force you to do anything that would bring harm to you or harm to anybody else. And people sometimes have this fear of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'll be all out of control. Yes, you will, and God will be in control, and that's what you want. But he's not going to make you do crazy, weird things. 
Guys, people do crazy weird things because they want to do crazy weird things. That's not the Holy Spirit saying, go do a crazy weird thing, okay? I'm just telling you true. The Holy Spirit gives us the words we need to testify to others about Jesus. You might say, well, you're a pastor. You're called to tell people about Jesus. Yes, I am. But I am just a normal guy. I'm a normal person, just like all of you. Some people question whether I'm normal, but I am a normal person. And, and there are countless times, countless times, I have seen normal people, people who are not pastors, people who are not on staff at the church, people who are not worship leaders, people who are not, I can't say enough or not, Regular people, like us, lead other people to Jesus. Here's the thing. God needs you. He needs you at work. He needs you in your neighborhood. He needs you with the people you come in contact with every day. And he's given you this free gift that all you have to do is ask for it. And he will help you do it. He will help you draw others to him. You know, if leading others to Jesus were solely up to pastors, the church would not exist, you guys. And the church exists today because there were 120 regular people, 120 regular people who said, God, I'm going to wait for what you have. I want everything, everything that you have to offer. And then God used them powerfully. And the church grew as a result of that. What does this mean to you? Well, you might be sitting there saying, do I, do I really need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Do I really need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Understand clearly from me, your pastor, this is not a salvation issue, you guys. You're not going to not go to heaven because... You didn't get baptized in the Holy Spirit or didn't ask to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That, it's not a salvation issue. But I want you to know you are missing out on the benefits that God has for you that are free gifts that will help you in your life in him and will help others. I liken it to as the guy who used to sell cars for years. You're, 20 years ago, they used to have a car that they called Keys and Heat. Some guys will know what I mean by that. Keys and heat means it's got a manual transmission, a heater, no radio, no rear defroster, no power steering. Um, it's keys and heat. It's the minimum, right? It will get you there. Salvation will get you there. It's keys and heat, okay? I'm not minimizing salvation. Don't misinterpret me. Or... For the same low price, which costs you nothing, you can have the Cadillac Escalade, which has power seats, heated seats, CD player, power sunroof, four-wheel. It's got everything. So you can be completely satisfied with keys and heat, and nobody's going to judge you for that. Or you can be, I am all in for the Escalade, baby. And nobody is going to judge you for that. 
just encourage you to, to seek what he really has for you because he has so much, you guys, for us. Here, here's a question that might answer whether you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is it a burning passion in your heart to lead other people to Jesus? If it's not a burning passion in your heart to lead other people to Jesus, you probably need the baptism of the Holy Spirit because he'll help you do that. Do you desire to be more like Jesus and less like you? One of my other very consistent prayers is, God, make me less like me and more like you. And man, I mean it. Because me ain't that good. Now understand, it, it doesn't mean you won't be afraid to share your testimony. You might still be afraid. It might make you uncomfortable. But he'll give you the confidence, the boldness to do it. If you just take that first little step, and as an introvert, man, I understand this whole thing, you guys. But if you just take that first little step, the Holy Spirit gives you a little nudge, and you share what God has done, you will be amazed how the baptism in the Holy Spirit helps you to do that. And it also doesn't mean that everyone you share Jesus with will repent and believe in Jesus. It's not going to happen every time. You might just be the person who's planting the seed. You might be at the beginning of that road. Or you might be fortunate enough to be the 47th person that shared Jesus with them in the last three years. And all of a sudden they go, that's what I need. Right? The Holy Spirit will help you overcome your fears and your doubts so that you can touch other people in your life with the love of Jesus. And please, 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 you don't need to be weird. Nobody needs to be weird. I'm serious, you guys. The baptism of the Holy Spirit does not give you carte blanche to be weird. That's, that's not how it works. You don't have to be weird. You can use regular language. You can be gracious. You can be normal. You can leave the rest to the Holy Spirit. And trust me in this, because I have seen this in the churches that we have pastored, that we've gotten to do what we get to do here, and we're so thankful for, is we've been in churches where there was a tongue and interpretation, a tongue and interpretation, a prophetic word, another tongue and an interpretation, and it was all very orderly. It all made sense. That's what's supposed to happen when we come together, you guys. It's not weird. It's God's word. It's what it says. And this is a safe place for that to happen. This is a safe place where you can learn how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. You know what? If you make a mistake, some people go, oh, I'm afraid I'll make a mistake. God can fix it, you guys. If, if it doesn't go the way it was supposed to, God can fix that. We don't have to get concerned or, or worried about that. He's a big God. Let's stand up and we'll close. Really, I promise. Here's what we're going to do. I, I hope this is what we're going to do as people of People Church. We're going to look for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our everyday life. 
We're going to look for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We're going to live with an ambition to please God. And I hope, I pray, that we will start out our day saying, Spirit of God, fill me afresh. Use me today. That we'd start our day that way. We're going to love God. We're going to love people. We're going to build the kingdom. And the Holy Spirit's going to help us to do that, you guys. It's not even on our shoulders. If, if we're baptized, if we're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not even on us anymore. All we got to do is just be obedient and open our mouth. And the kingdom grows as a result. Now, if, and I did say I was going to close, and I really am. But, um, but if you're here today and you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, maybe you've been seeking for some time and it hasn't happened, or maybe you've just never saw it before, um, I don't have this little book to give you. But what I do have is I have this little book printed in a form that I can email it to you or I can print it and give it to you. Um, it, it really explains the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how it works and how simple it is. And I can't tell you how many people over the years as a pastor that I've offered this to. Actually, I'm amazed I still have it, honestly. I used to just hand this book out. And then one of the people in our last church was a teacher, and she actually typed it all up for me and sent me the document, and then she brought the book back. Um, so that's the document you get. But if you would like a copy of that, you say, Pastor, I want to seek this more. You can do it in your own home. That's how I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Father, this morning, I thank you for these. I thank you for your great and your awesome plan for us. I thank you that we have the same Holy Spirit who lives in us that raised Jesus from the dead. And so he gives us the power to be bold and confident, to walk in peace where there shouldn't be peace. He gives us the ability to be who you've called us to be. And thank you that, that this gift is free. It's, it's not difficult to receive. There's no qualifications other than we've accepted your son, Jesus. God, I pray for those who are in this place, uh, those who are watching us on video today that are, are seeking this gift. God, I ask that the next time they ask you for this gift, that you would pour it out in their lives, that you would fill them, that you would baptize them in your Holy Spirit. And God, again, I just thank you for these people. I ask that you would bless them abundantly, that you'd encourage them, that you'd strengthen them. And again, that you would be their peace and their joy this week as they go through their week. In Jesus' name.